Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moon and Katherine Taylor. Hi, Christy. Hi. How are I didn't know you were starting. You <laughs> How are you, Catherine? What's going on? Good. Um, yeah. You got a big weekend coming up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By the time this is out, we will be finished with our women's performance summit, um, which I am so excited about. And it's, it's well, you've been working your patootie off on that thing. So I'm sure you're excited to have it over with. It looks like it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So. I'm pretty excited. I actually just got an email from Alexander. How do you say her last name? Houchin? Houchin? Mm-hmm. She's speaking. Myrna Valerio is speaking. Ugh. So if you are listening to this, you missed it. So sorry. <laughs> um, you had a big cycling weekend though, right? I did. I went down to Bentonville and um, helping celebrate a, a friend who um, kicked cancer's butt. So we went down to, she, she took a group of us down there, um, to just enjoy each other's company, ride bikes, um, drink the drinks, eat the foods, you know, it was good. The weather was great, which for whatever reason, whenever I go to Bentonville, I tend to attract rain. So it was nice to be there when it wasn't pouring rain and a little on the cold side. It was, it was really nice, but, um, so fun. And it, the joke, you know, before I was leaving is like, I don't even know where my helmet is. And they thought I was kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm actually not kidding. I think it's in the back of the van. (laughs) So so getting those back out, I I remembered how to be able to tighten my shoes and put the helmet on and the bibs were a little uh, snug. So work to do there, but that's, it's all okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with all of it. It'll happen when it happens. So, yeah, I feel like you've probably seen that meme. It's like, we just survived a global pandemic. Who cares if you gained a few pounds? Yeah. Really? If you come out of this with your emotional health and your family and good things intact, like let's celebrate cares about 
in my case, maybe 10 or 15 pounds. Actually, went to the I, I have not the gotten day. on the scale and I'm going to keep it that way for a little bit longer. So well, I went I'm, to the I'm doctor not. the other day and she goes, she was asking me all the questions because it was a new doctor. And she asked me if I, I drink. And I said, oh, I'm not drinking right now. And she's like, oh, like, do you, do you have a problem? <laughs> I said, yeah, I ate too many cookies and drank too much wine during COVID. And now I'm trying to um, get my cycling clothes to fit again. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. No, but literally that was the thing I told, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Cause I can't afford to change my outfits, <laughs> my, my wardrobe. I know. So, I know. Uh, I'm still wearing stretchy pants all the time. So when I yeah. get other things out, yep. It's I, I've, I've put them on. I put my jeans on They're They fit. They're just not what they're not comfortable. So, you know, it's that, it's that kind of stuff. So I think we have um, a first on our podcast today. Uh, oh, we do. And Com- you, competitive yeah. cheerleader, competitive cheerleader, which when, if you get to meet, it's Casey Armstrong that we have on today. And if you ever meet Casey, it makes a hundred percent sense when you find out that she was a competitive cheerleader because she has enthusiasm and joy. And she, you know, she wants you to do all the things she wants you to ride gravel. She wants to help you. She's just, that's just who Casey is. And so it really kind of, I was like, Oh, of course you were a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Casey, well, quote, met Casey when she went flying by me at the Southeast gravel event a few weeks ago and then met her after the race. And, uh, and we grew up like not even 30 minutes from each other in East Tennessee. So we get into gravel riding in the Southeast and, um, her story and all kinds of things in this podcast. So it was really fun to talk with her and talk about all things in the Southeast. And we're like, maybe some, a big event company should start a race in the Southeast. <laughs> That's not Belgian waffle ride. Hint, hint. <laughs> That's all I'm Run saying. Run up the flagpole. <laughs> all I'm saying. Casey is very motivated to help get it started. She is. She is. So we will get on to our interview with Casey Armstrong. And good luck this weekend. Oh, thanks. Hey, Christy. Hi, Catherine. Hey, are you thinking about your 2021 gravel adventures? I don't know who isn't thinking of 2021 gravel adventures. I know. Well, I kind of have a new bucket list race. What is it? It is a gravel stage race right outside of Calgary, Canada called the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale. Have you heard of this? Um, You know what? I have. I think it sounds amazing. Four days four days of riding, 230 miles, 23,000 feet of climbing, and it's all in the Canadian Rockies. I think that sounds epic. Yeah, it's set up where they carry your tents, cook your food, and provide your medical support and more. And like set up a big party every night. That is the best kind of glamping right there. Yeah, it's really the only kind of glamping I will do. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe that. And you know what's cool is they are holding early bird spots for women because they're really working to get more women on the starting line. So if people are interested, where do you think they should go, Christy? Uh, TransRockiesGravelRoyale.com. I bet that site's got all the information. I think it does. And fingers crossed we'll be at some awesome 2021 adventure soon. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends. And they're coming out in wellness, like eat this, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start. I, yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. 
but we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you yes. done your stuff? Yeah. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor and they're going to cut through all the noise and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized science-backed trackable action plans for how we should eat, age, we need that, and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Well, we are excited to be here for the girls gone gravel podcast. I'm here with Christy. Hey, Christy. Hey, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. I don't know where I came up with that weird that was interesting. I was wondering where you were going with that. I know. I've been doing all these, posting <laughs> all these things for this our summit that we'll yeah. do by this. So I was like, oh, I'm going to introduce this live thing we're doing. We're not doing a live thing. You're in you're in uh, WPS brain mode here. I've I've got other things we're on, but I'm really excited to have our guest with us today. Uh, we have with us Casey Armstrong with a very interesting spelling of Casey. Hi, Casey. <laughs> Yes. Hi. It's one of a kind, but not really. There's probably like 10 more people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the only one on this podcast that spells your name that way. Yes. <laughs> I just remember because you told me to find your Instagram. It was like queso. Yes. queso. Yeah. That's from cheerleading nickname. So way back when I just kept it though. <laughs> it kind of works for you. <laughs> I mean, are you really into cheese dip? I'm like, not really, but yes. And my cheerleading coach came up with that and they're like, wow, I don't even know who you are. I'm like me either. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so we met at, uh, the Southeastern gravel event a few weeks ago that you crushed. Yes. Yes. That was super fun. It was very fast. Everybody was crushing it. So I just kind of tagged in there. I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to average 21 miles per hour. I haven't even done that on a road ride recently. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, insane, Casey. It was, there was like rocks coming at you and just, I don't know. It felt like a video game is what I told somebody. You were just falling wheels. You didn't know if you're going to fall into a hole. And then you were taking left turns off of pavement at like 30 miles per hour into gravel. And you're, it was quite fun and thrilling, but I felt like when we finished, I was like, I need to sit down. They had a great setup. It was like barbecue and beer at the, at the after party. It was Fantastic. Man, and I'm hungry right now. So barbecue sounds ridiculous. 
they had this sweet potato casserole that just blew my mind up. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. So that was a fun event. There was a really strong um, pro men's field and pro women's field. So it, it, it rolled <laughs> real. I did the party pace in the, the 42 mile route so you whizzed past me toward the end and I was like well there goes the women's leader and the the group I was with knew you from Knoxville which was really fun they were super excited yes I feel like I kept running into the Knoxville crew and I would just scream at them because we're going way too fast like I remember seeing my friend Big Dyer and I was like Big Dyer and he's like whoa I was like fuck (laughs) (laughs) where did you see me Here I go. (laughs) Yeah, but it was good. It was good to see a company that pulled off a really well done COVID friendly race. Like I never felt uh, uncomfortable or I felt like they did a great job and had a great attitude with all the the precautions they had to put into place. So, yes, yes. I felt safe the whole time. The masks were utilized. Yeah, it was good. And I I think you have been. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, sorry, I was going to say, like, I really enjoyed that there was such a strong field at what is a local race. You know, you have pro men and then almost just as many pro women at the race. And that was mind blowing. I was very into that. So, yeah. yeah. And they did say? equal prize money, which was awesome. I forgot about that. I loved getting equal prize money. <laughs> Equal prize money is always good. Yeah. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. I think I think the audience of generally the, the cycling audience will do what they are told to do so that we can come back together. So it's like, put your mask on. OK, no problem. I got, I got that. So true. And I mean, it's so nice right now, too. Like, why not hang outside and eat your food and drink your beer in a big field? So, yeah, it's I'm so glad spring and summer is here. It feels like we can thank get God. Back. Right safe yeah yes it's a, it's been a whole new type of cabin fever fever this winter <laughs> well we just jumped right in talking about this event but Casey why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you got into cycling and what you do and all the things about you I feel that could be the whole podcast no I'm not that excited <laughs> but it is a very I feel kind of a strange story just because I spent my childhood and you know everybody grows up either being a cyclist or runner or something to get into it and I actually did competitive cheerleading so you know Netflix show cheer I was all down for it you know I was like oh my god my people (laughs) (laughs) and I don't think a lot of the cycling community knows that so I did competitive cheer but I aged out and moved with my boyfriend to Knoxville and his family did mountain biking. And I started getting into whitewater kayaking and biking and just kind of like filling that void of a athletic 20 hour a week. And so of course, instead of just being casual about it, I was like, okay, I gotta take this to the max. I gotta like get after it you know. and we go mountain biking for the first time after I spent my money I should have done some research but we went to the trailhead and it was very rocky and I was like I'm gonna go back to the car that's that's silly and then I had to figure it out but 
within time, I got a little better, did collegiate cycling for King University. And I think collegiate cycling is really where racing started happening for me. And it brought the competitive edge. I ended up winning nationals um, in the XC, the overall, we won team. Like I got to take home a lot of gold medals. And I was like, wow, this is exciting. I'm pretty good. And so <laughs> then I got into stage racing because I have never been able to travel as a kid. So I thought this will be a great way to like utilize it. So I like picked a stage race in Chile for my um, graduation present. And then, yeah, I just started doing those, doing very well. Liv picked me up to do Cape Epic. And then somebody was like, do you want to do a 200 mile gravel race? And, you know, back when I was dirty Kansas, it was a couple of girlfriends. And I was like, not really. That sounds silly. <laughs> but if you're going to go, yeah, I'll go. And then, yeah, I ended up getting fit that DK that year, which is now Unbound. And, um, yeah, it's kind of all history from there. I just keep saying yes to races. I love gravel. I love more women on bikes, like, and I'm also an accountant. So there's that too. <laughs> You're an accountant, cheerleader, cyclist. Yeah. That's an, that's a really good combo. <laughs> like I have, I, I think that's probably pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, accounting goes very well with cycling because you can work remotely so well. And, you know, accounting doesn't have to quite be the nine to five jobs so right very good with time management that goes pretty well so yeah yeah if it's a beautiful morning you can go ride your bike and take care of the books later exactly exactly in the winter my go-to move whenever I worked really full-time and was getting into cycling I would do 5 a.m to like 11 a.m work go ride like get the training in and then come back and do a couple of hours and it went very well, but now I don't have to work as much. So I sleep a little bit more. <laughs> well, you, I mean, your, your background, I mean, you got in through it, into it through mountain biking. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that that coming into gravel through mountain biking, you immediately have a handling skills perspective. That's different than the road cyclists that come into gravel. Um, what and was Cape, Cape Epic like? I feel like Cape Epic got me the most prepared for Unbound. I will say that it is a lot of gravel stretches because you have seven hour days. So it's hard and you're going from point to point. So you would do single track getting there, but there would be a lot of voids filled with gravel roads and you have a partner. So you're pacing. And I mean, some days we did average as fast as I do in a gravel race. Wow. Yeah. I feel that being able to do Cape Epic a few months before Unbound, the first time I did it was very helpful. So <laughs> it was hard. I was supposed to go back this year, but they postponed it to October. So we'll see. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, who it who was your partner? Serena Gordon. So okay. we actually got picked and that's how I got picked up by Liv was to be the pros that go with a bunch of amateurs that Liv posted on Instagram and they said, hey, 
who wants to go do this fun event? We will support you in it. We want to take people who have never raced bikes before. Send us your video application and we're going to pick you. So they picked six women from all over the world that had never done a bike race. And they're like, congrats, you get to go to Cape Epic. <laughs> we're going to support you with bikes, coaching, everything. We're going to get you ready. And it was so fun to go with those girls and just see what they had to go through. It was just like, oh man, I'm a pro and I get done hours before and I'm exhausted. But to see women go from not racing and be moms and have full-time jobs, go and do it and be able to finish it was amazing. You know, definitely cried a couple of times. <laughs> That's crazy. I love what Liv does for women's cycling. Like they're yeah. just such a, um, well, obviously they're a women, women's focused brand, Giants women's focused brand, but they've just done a great job. Um, yeah. How, how have you felt supported by them? Completely. I mean, I would not be on this podcast really without Liv, to be totally honest. I, what I do love about Liv is it feels very authentic in mm. I try personally to be authentic. I try not to put a filter on, you know, who you get here is who you're going to get every day from me. And Liv feels that way. It's like they want women to not only design the bikes, they want live women to run programs. They want everything about women to be stronger, whether it's designing the bike, racing the bike, supporting women who have never even raced a bike they're there, you know? So I'm here. I mean, Liv has hands down supported me. And I feel too, as a pro racer, you can get so caught up in just winning a race. And Liv is just, they're there to, like our slogan this year is live committed. And it's committed to getting women on bikes, you know, more women on it, and for me, it just feels like they're committed to not only making me a faster racer, but spreading the word, which feels good. I feel like more than a racer with Liv, and that feels very empowering. So also their bikes roll. So <laughs> design them. So of course I love them. Like these are the best. <laughs> so I love that. And it's been, I mean, watching your team come together, it really, I think that <clears throat> what you're saying is really reflected. Like it isn't just about the racing. So yeah. that makes a big difference. And obviously our podcast is not about the racing. So I love that. it's about getting women to start lines and, you know, and hopefully finish lines too, but yes, but at least the start lines is helpful. Yeah. I listened to a non-cycling um, podcast, which reminds me of yours, but it's trail running and they'll bring people onto the podcast and you will never know how they finished the race. They could have finished in the back or in the front, but what you get out of that podcast is just like spreading the love of like running or being outside and racing. And it doesn't feel, you know, that you have to win to get attention. Cause I feel like people get so caught up in, I need to win to be worthy. And it's just like, mm. not everybody can win. Like we're just out here to have a good time and push ourselves. Like, let's do that. <laughs> let's start there. Yeah. yeah. I think I was reminded at that event because it had been so long since I had been to an event and just what fun it is to be with the community. And like, I, 
I race triathlon and I really race triathlon really hard my last few years. So I have zero desire to like check out my power or care about my finish anymore. Like, but I met some friends of yours, uh, from Knoxville that were so excited about you, uh, along the way rode with them the entire time. Uh, one of them, uh, one of the women is going to be in steamboat. So we're going to connect out in steamboat at that event. And it was just so fun. Like I walked away with new friends. I walked away, um, just, you know, how you talk, sometimes your tank feels really filled up from time with people. And so that's what I want people to know about gravel events is you can, you can do whatever you want there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's just nice to have something on your calendar sometimes to motivate you and to look forward to and to quote unquote train for even (laughs) because otherwise I'd be like, eh, I really want to get my bike out today sometimes. Yeah. I think it's, if you can look at all the quotes I give out to people about gravel, it's definitely that I feel like it brings everyone together, whether it's pro road racers, pro mountain bikers, the amateur, like the casual greenway rider, everybody feels like they can do gravel and they want to, they're not intimidated by a single track or by big road races. It just feels like here's something to challenge you. And we're going to be here to give you aid stations. We're going to be here to give you like a bunch of fun people to ride with. And there's probably going to be a fun post-ride beer, you know? So I love it. (laughs) What, what is on your calendar for 2021? Unbound will be hopefully the first big, big race. I'm definitely going to do the next Southeast gravel race on April 10th. Cool. Then there's this also this very kind of secret mountain bike race in Pisgah. So I feel like I can't say it, but I'll probably post about it. It looks really <laughs> cool. I'm going to do that to get ready for Unbound. And then, you know, Steamboat Gravel, um, Leadville 100, um, all the gravel races, Gravel Worlds, Rebecca's Private Idaho, Cape Epic. I don't even know. Oh, that's a lot. That's awesome. Everything. So I just <laughs> go race by race. So right now I'm just like unbound, unbound, unbound. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> a lot on your calendar. <laughs> okay. I'm curious because you, you're a good bit younger than me, but you grew up really close to where I grew up um, in East Tennessee. You grew up in Morristown, right? Yes. And to be technical, it's Whitesburg. <laughs> very more sound. <laughs> so I grew up in Greenville, um, which is very another tiny town, really close. Yeah, and I actually taught at the community college in Morristown for a while. Walter uh, State. Yep, I taught there for a semester, uh, but and I would commute from Greenville. But anyway, um, what was what was the cycling scene like for you growing up? I know you were a competitive cheerleader, but was it something that you saw other women doing or mm. um yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I didn't even really know cycling existed until after high school. So no, I didn't see it. There was no community, I would say, of that around me at all. So I did not see it until I was 18 or 19. And then of course, once you're like, you've been introduced to it, you can kind of notice it. But I don't even think there was like a cycling group ride in Morristown until, you know, two years after that. 
so not that I know, but it is really funny that now I go home to ride gravel. So there's tons of gravel rides in Greenville. I was just there on Thursday and it's just, it's so funny. I was like, I wish I would have known about this. That'd be cool. So yeah, no bikes, no bikes, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm come visit and you'll have to take me on the gravel rides at a party place. I will send you a video. There's this one. It's literally Green Mountain Road and it starts off as pavement and it goes into gravel and all you see is these rolling green mountains. It's this pretty big climb. Yeah, and it's in Greenville. It blows my mind. I'm like, well, one time, here's a funny quick story. There's this road crossing in this gravel ride and if the river is up, you can't cross it. So the sun was setting. I got to there and I thought, oh no. I can't cross it. So I have to go all the way back. And basically it was going to put me finishing after dark by a couple of hours. So I called my mom and was like, Hey, do you want to see me? <laughs> like, why? What's wrong? I was like, well, you're really close. Could you come pick me up <laughs> and drive me back to my car? Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> it has a ton of riding. That's hilarious. Well, I asked because I feel like uh, I grew up in, East Tennessee. I've been gone for quite a while, but I, I live in Georgia now. And I feel like just in the last five or six years, off-road riding is really coming into its own in the Southeast and, and not like in Western North Carolina where there was always stuff, but lots of places where there was never a ton of outdoor, quote unquote, outdoor being cool. Like, like Johnson city, they're building, they built a mountain bike park, Knoxville. They built all these trails. Those were not there when I went to UT. <laughs> We just built a huge park there this year and it's a bunch of paved pump tracks and year round get down so you can ride downhill trails year round. And yeah, that's been in one year. And it went from going over to Baker Creek Preserve where they built a few trails and seeing like 10 people to going over there and seeing 50 people on any given day. Like it's a madhouse. I'm like, I don't know anyone. That's crazy. <laughs> So. Christy, maybe that's where the next big gravel event needs to be is in East Tennessee or Western North Carolina. Yes. I say it's not being looked at. So. You could get to hang out with me, Christy. I would love that, Casey. Yeah. It would I, I missed your face this last year. I missed a lot of faces, you know. <laughs> and I actually did make a um, gravel guide, Appalachian gravel guide. Oh, cool. His website. And so... I highlighted some rides that I really love out of this area. So we should link that into the show notes, Catherine. Yeah, definitely send that to me and I'll put it in the show notes and we'll put it, we'll put it on the girls gone gravel page. That people yeah, we always get asked about, you know, different areas and where to ride. So yes. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. This is just making me want to go ride my bike, which is a good feeling because I have not felt that way a lot lately. So I got to, I got to do a couple of good rides this last weekend and that helped with the mental part of it. But, and it was fun seeing, um, just a little bit from that race that Catherine put up there. Um, I am assuming when we saw Laura come around the corner, Ka Casey must've Casey been already gone. gone. Yeah. <laughs> So it was interesting because the men came through. They had a they had a moped with the men, and I'm guessing a, Casey a, mo a moped, a moped was taking okay. well a motorcycle something. Um, it didn't look like a full motorcycle. It looked like a baby motorcycle. 
doesn't matter. But I'm assuming that Casey didn't like stop for gummy bears for 10 minutes at the rest stop and <laughs> things like that. Because I was, we kept saying, when's the men's race going to lap us? And um, sure enough, the little motorcycle thing comes through and they're like, the men's race is right behind us. And so we we're like, I was like, when's the women's race coming? <laughs> and so the, the guys came through in a huge pack and then Casey came through with two other guys mm-hmm. um, right on their wheel. And then Laura came with a pack of guys. Um, and then I didn't, the other women's racers did not catch us. So I have any more gummy bear stops. Laura and I stayed with the lead men for a very long time. I want to say it was close to 40 miles. And I must have just held on just a notch longer because it was like we fell off in a little bit of a group. And I think she only finished 15 seconds behind me because the two guys I was with at the very like we kept taking rotations. And then I felt that I was really doing a lot of the work and they were sitting up a little bit. And I think it's because they were racing each other. And I was like, please, please do not let Laura catch me. Please, please. I've been working so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she was not far. Like she is riding so strong. And I never, ever thought you have this in the bag. It was very much actually too. I didn't know for sure Laura was behind me until like 15 miles left. Cause somebody said, I don't know if she's in the front of you in the front pack or off the back. I was like, cool, cool. I'll just, I'll just keep riding hard and hope for the best. (laughs) That was one of the things that I thought was so cool about seeing women in the sport. I don't know how old you are. I'm assuming you're in your twenties. 30. Okay. 30. You're 30. So she's, I think like 38. Yeah. With a one-year-old, but that both of you, like to see how fast women can go at both ends of the spectrum and with your bodies changing, like, it's just really cool to see, you know? No, Laura is honestly terrifying because she has mom strength is what I call it. (laughs) And she trained, I I wouldn't say trained, but she definitely rode her bike. I feel like to like a few days before she gave birth and mm-hmm. then back on the bike, she was just embracing it, going on long rides, breastfeeding. She was like, I'm just going to incorporate this baby into riding my bike. And I thought when she signed up, I was like, well, I've been complaining about having to like study and like ride my bike. And she's had a baby, so she's going to crush my soul. <laughs> she is me. <laughs> well, you both were riding very strong and very hard. And the other funny thing was, like, everybody that came out in that front group was just covered head to toe in dust. Because it was really uh, dusty. The roads were pretty dusty. It hadn't rained in a while. And people were like, well, why aren't we dirty? I was like, because we did not. Like, our pack was so spread out. And they were, like, like basically in such a tight pack is just throwing dirt up on you the whole time. And you're so focused in those groups and about mile like 30, my friend Nick came up beside me. So I like looked at his face and he might be the first face I looked at that whole race. And I was like, Whoa, you're disgusting. And he was like, you are too. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got to the finish and I looked at everybody and 
And I was like, wow, we are disgusting. And then you'd see you guys finish. And I swear it looked like you just put your kid on. I was like, because <laughs> we weren't ever like in a super tight bunched group. We were spread out, taking the whole road up. <laughs> it was like I took my sunglasses off and you could see like white eyes. Like it was yeah. you get through a dust storm compared to everybody else. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the most impressive thing of that whole event though. And Christy, I don't know if you've ever seen this at an unbound. There was a, a guy that was paralyzed from the waist down in a recumbent chair yes. that did it. A hand, pe- a hand cycle. I think he's it. coming to, I think he's coming to unbound. Including the stream crossing. <laughs> <laughs> it was impressive. It's like, watch this. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and there was taught some major hills, including that last uphill, like that last uphill. Well, there were a lot of hiker bikes going on up that hill. And just really thick gravel at some places. Like after the creek crossing, I remember hitting at a pretty top-notch speed going into that just really thick gravel. And people were wrecking all over the place. <laughs> it wasn't easy. <laughs> there was a photographer there. So in our group, like people kept stopping to like get their picture. I was like, don't stop. <laughs> Keep going. So. You won't be able to get back on. Stop here. You need to walk across. Do you want him to take a photo of you walking? No. Keep <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dang it. I'm sorry. I missed it. it I know. Fun. You might need to come to the Southeast, Christy, and do one of these. Um, I totally want to come down there. I just, yeah, it's, 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 I've, I've gotten this hook into going west. Yeah. And I, you know, I need to go. I did do unpaved um, in October of 2019. It's so weird to try to put dates on stuff because you're just like, was that 2020? No, 2020. Yeah, we, we, weren't, we weren't seeing anybody. So yeah. yeah, it would have been October of 2019. Um, and I loved it, you know, and I'm like, I'm slated to go to Rooted this year. So I'm hoping I can squeeze that in amongst everything else but um yeah you're doing a bwr in Asheville as well i saw that but i'm a big advocate of people coming over to the appalachian mountains and doing some gravel because i think they would love it for sure maybe we need to come up with an event casey we'll come yeah up with an i think event. And i should put a race on <laughs> i love it a race on there's no way I could race it which would be fun it's that's a true statement (laughs) and the year that I did get to race DK slash unbound was like I mean I loved it but I also really 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 missed working that finish line I mean it was you know and I I was telling a friend the story about that I was like I was laughing because I was fully going to go you know go home and take a shower and then come back down and work until 3 a.m. And my friend was like, you need to eat first, you know? So I sat down and ate. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want to go back down there. <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs> All your adrenals are like, hey, girl, we're out. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, let's all go to bed. <laughs> so, but yes, it's definitely hard to work your event and race your event. Yes. Yeah. I would love to hang on though. I feel 
like you guys do more work than I do as a racer. I just show up, go hard. You guys feed me. I have fun. <laughs> oh, yes. We try. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been such a fun conversation, Casey. We will be seeing you in a lot of events this summer, um, it sounds like. And where can people follow you? We kind of alluded to your Instagram account, but how can people find you if they want to follow you? Instagram is definitely the best way. So it's at Queso Dip, which you guys can link in there. We'll link that. I do have like a Facebook and stuff, but I definitely 100% everything goes on Instagram, like my stories, anything I do, communication. And then I'll link the gravel stuff to you guys. And in there, it gave my email. So you can email me asking questions for Oh, cool. So I don't mind to share that as well. So awesome. Cool. Well, we will see you in a few weeks. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today, Casey. Thank you guys. I will see you later. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.